0: Section 2 of the Watergate Report, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 3. Chapter 6. The 1972 Presidential Campaign of Senator Hubert H. Humphrey, Part 2. G AMPY CONTRIBUTIONS TO SENATOR Humphrey's PRESIDENTIAL CAMPAIGN 1. THE $25,000 CORPORATE PAYMENT A fundraiser for Senator Humphrey was held on October 8, 1971, at the Radisson South Hotel in Minneapolis. Parr and Nelson attended this affair. According to Valentine, he met Parr and Nelson at the airport and transported them to the hotel. Valentine arranged this means of getting together with Parr and Nelson, so he could impress upon them his need for additional payments. He told them he needed $25,000 for Kansas, $30,000 for Oklahoma, and $25,000 for the Humphrey projects, a total of $80,000. Nelson, Valentine said, gave him assurance of early payment. Nelson said the money would be paid in the same manner as previously, even though the dangers of making the payments with corporate money apparently were discussed it appears that both Valentine and Nelson wanted to make certain that VSA provided some services directly to Ampi to support the payments. Parr's testimony in executive session provides some corroboration of this account. He recalls that he and Nelson met on two occasions with Valentine. According to Parr, one of these occasions was in the fall of 1971, when Parr and Nelson went to a Humphrey fundraiser in Minneapolis. He remembered that Valentine picked them up at the airport and testified that there may have been some conversation about money due. In December 1971, as related by Sherman, Chestnut telephoned him to advise that part of the Humphrey bill would be paid by Ampey. Similarly, Valentine stated that Chestnut informed VSA, probably through Sherman, that Ampey would meet $25,000 of the Humphrey debt to VSA. Ampey paid VSA $25,500 on December 21, 1971, and $27,000 on December nineteen 1971. From these payments, VSA credited $25,000 to the Humphrey account. Chestnut, in a staff interview, denied he arranged for Ampi to make this payment for the benefit of the Humphrey campaign, denied informing VSA that the payment would be made, and denied being aware that Ampey money was used to reduce the VSA campaign debt. There is, however, documentary evidence indicating that chestnut was in fact aware of the ampi payment for humphrey to vsa one such indication is found in a memorandum from sherman to chestnut dated december twenty seventh nineteen seventy one which contains partial reports on vsa work in nebraska maryland oregon and florida with respect to the first three states Sherman stated that the charge is $125,000, of which 100000 was to be paid by the first of the year. He then wrote, you have paid $20,000, and another $25,000 is certain by other arrangements, Italics added. The reference to $25,000 by other arrangements appears to refer to the Ampi payment a vsa invoice to humphrey for president on december twenty ninth nineteen seventy one states that one hundred thousand dollars is the cost for services in oregon maryland and nebraska however in the just discussed sherman to chestnut memorandum written two days earlier sherman had stated that the charge for oregon maryland and nebraska was hundred and twenty five thousand dollars the reduction of twenty five thousand dollars most likely reflected the payment from ampi a sherman memorandum to chestnut dated january twenty fourth nineteen seventy two complained of a lack of payments by the humphrey campaign sherman stated it's killing us and we are absorbing the overhead costs through our other clients he noted that eighty five thousand of the two hundred thousand dollars due for work in florida oregon maryland and nebraska had been received but a later vsa invoice to humphrey for president care of jack chestnut dated February 16, 1972, shows that as of January twenty-fourth, only $60,000 had been actually paid by the campaign organization to VSA. Again, the $25,000 difference appears to reflect the AMPY payment. These documents strongly suggest that Chestnut was aware of the $25,000 payment from AMPY it is instructive to note that the last three ampi payments to vsa in november and december of 1971 totaled eighty thousand dollars this corresponds precisely to the amount valentine says he asked nelson to pay in minneapolis in october 1971 and to the ampi commitments for oklahoma thirty thousand dollars kansas twenty five thousand dollars and humphrey twenty five thousand dollars by adding this $80,000 to the $50,000 for Iowa and the $7,000 for South Dakota, a reconciliation of the total amount paid by Ampi to VSA, $137,000, is achieved. 2. Indications that Ampi officials intended more than $25,000 of the $137,000 to be for Senator Humphrey's benefit there is certain evidence suggesting that AMPI officials intended more than $25,000 of the amount paid VSA would benefit Senator Humphrey's campaign. In this regard, the testimony and evidence provided by AMPI official Bob A. Lilly must be considered. The evidence Lilly submitted consisted both of testimony and handwritten notes describing the various matters in which he was involved. Lilly's notes inform that on or about july 19th 1971 he was told that nelson parr tom townsend of Ampey, jack chestnut and others had met at senator humphrey's home in waverly minnesota soon afterwards nelson parr and townsend told lilly according to his notes that Ampey was committed to pay a hundred and forty thousand dollars to vsa for humphrey and congressman wilbur mills the commitment to Humphrey, Lilly understood, was made at the Waverly meeting. Lilly says he was told that money would be spent by Ampey in several states for Senator Humphrey and Congressman Mills in the form of payment for computerized voter lists. Lilly had no knowledge of any arrangement between Ampey and VSA before July 1971. It appears that periodically from july 1971 to january 1972 lilly had conversations with nelson parr and townsend concerning payments made and to be made to vsa lilly apparently had some responsibility to ensure that proper amounts were paid and he made periodic attempts to determine the status of ampi's obligations he preserved several pages of notes that he made contemporaneously with these efforts the notes Written at different times as the obligations matured, contain certain conflicts as to amounts and designations. Lilly's notes indicate that in a conversation with Parr and Nelson, he was at some time told that hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars was to go to VSA for the following: Iowa, fifty thousand; Oklahoma, thirty thousand; Kansas, twenty-five thousand; South Dakota, seven thousand; Humphrey, twenty-five thousand. Lily cannot reconcile these designations with his earlier understanding that the entire amount would benefit Humphrey and Mills. Lily's notes also indicate that, after all payments had been made, he talked with Nelson and told him that $50,000 had been allocated to Humphrey. Nelson's recollections are likewise confused. He remembers the airport ride with Valentine as predating the arrangement between Ampi and VSA. It was his recollection that on this occasion he met Valentine for the first time and an oral agreement was reached for VSA to do work for Ampi. However, his understanding is that VSA's work was to be for Senator Humphrey's benefit and that the Ampi payment would reduce the cost of VSA's services to the Humphrey campaign. Valentine told Nelson, this agreement would make it possible for them to furnish lists to the Humphrey campaign for much less than they otherwise would be able to do it nelson said the ampi commitment to vsa could have been hundred and forty thousand dollars he had no firm recollection of the contract signed by valentine in late july 1971 which was backdated to june tenth but he thinks it was sent to him pursuant to his meeting with valentine in minneapolis nelson was aware that corporate funds were used to make payments to vsa in an amount totaling more than one hundred thousand dollars he was not aware that candidates other than humphrey were to receive any benefit from the ampy relationship with vsa he did know that projects were to be undertaken in five or six states but thought they were related to the humphrey campaign valentine's testimony of course does not support nelson's recollection that they met in minneapolis before the arrangement was made it appears that nelson may be mistaken as to the events of the minneapolis meeting it is useful to note however that at the october eighth meeting nelson for ampi pledged fifty thousand dollars to senator humphrey's presidential campaign both senator humphrey and chestnut were present at the meeting nelson stated that he may have intended at the time that the money pledged would come from trust funds and thus be legal money but that he had not excluded the possibility that corporate money would be used there is no evidence however that such an additional sum was contributed to senator humphrey from the corporate sources as to whether it was intended that ampi payments to vsa in excess of twenty five thousand dollars were to be made for senator humphrey's benefit in october twenty first nineteen seventy one memorandum from sherman to chestnut is pertinent under the heading kansas and oklahoma this memorandum reads we are going to be working in these states as you know partially financed by ampi Both of these states were contacted several months ago, and to the best of my knowledge, never involved HHH. If there is any inclination by these governors to use the information for HHH, I am not aware of it. Even if they were interested, it would not be where you would invest that contribution. My point on this is, one, when the original commitment was made to Governor Hall and Governor Docking, there was, to the best of my knowledge, no HHH involvement. Two, there is no indication that Hall or Docking have been told that since then. Three, never in Valentine's conversation with Dave Parr was there a suggestion on either side that this was for H I don't know how you can gracefully clear that up, but we have an apparently firm arrangement to be paid by Ampi for a part of those two states plus South Dakota. This document clearly indicates Sherman's belief. That ampi payments to VSA for Kansas and Oklahoma were not for Senator Humphrey's benefit. The memorandum, however, is susceptible of an interpretation that Chestnut felt the ampi payments for Kansas and Oklahoma were to benefit Senator Humphrey's campaign, perhaps that the senator would have the use of the VSA lists prepared for those states. Chestnut asserted his Fifth Amendment privilege, and his testimony in this regard is not available. H. The preparation of bogus documentation. The provision of useless lists to ampi by vsa the evidence shows that in march 1972 valentine fabricated a new set of invoices and letters between ampi and vsa relating to the services described above along with another contract dated april nineteen 1971 lilly has testified that the creation of this bogus set of documents came at valentine's initiative but valentine states it was lilly who desired the fabrication to demonstrate the legitimacy of the expenditures to the ampi comptroller valentine states he met with lilly in december of 1971 at which time lilly said ampi had no records to support an agreement between the two firms valentine said he was then given ampi stationery and that in march 1972 lilly called for the documentation saying he was under pressure to get the lists for Ampi and close the deal. Valentine said he would furnish lists worth $137,000. However, according to Valentine, the computer lists finally sent to Ampi contained only one million names and were worth only $30,000. Lily, however, told Valentine that the quantity of names and the value of the lists did not matter, since his only interest was having something to show the comptroller. Valentine created the entire file by having the documents typed by different employees and on different typewriters in his office. On March 23rd, Lily met with Valentine at the Minneapolis airport, and together they signed the spurious documents. A series of 12 letters was prepared. Lily states that he received seven tapes from VSA in February 1972. Lily did not even check to see if any data was contained on the tapes. He testified that, I do not know what they represent, and that the names on the tapes were never utilized. Lilly felt that the tapes had no genuine value. The Ampi official in charge of data processing, Robert Isham, testified that he does not know the purpose for which the lists were acquired, or any use of them by Ampi. 2. Senator Humphrey's support for legislation favorable to milk producers and other contributions from dairy producer cooperatives. A. Summary in 1971 and 1972 senator humphrey who had been traditionally supported by milk producers received seventeen thousand two hundred and twenty five dollars from dairy producers trusts for his presidential campaign these contributions were in addition to twenty five thousand dollars which went to the benefit of the humphrey campaign from dairy cooperative corporate assets on march twenty fifth nineteen seventy one The Secretary of Agriculture announced a price support level for milk more favorable to dairy producers than the support announced on March 12, 1971. Heavy congressional pressure was cited by the White House as one factor in the second decision. Senator Humphrey met with Ampey officials, spoke on the Senate floor to urge an increase in the price support of milk, and introduced legislation on March 19, 1971 to mandatorily raise the level senator humphrey has stated that there was no relationship between his receipt of dairy contributions and his support of price increase legislation there is evidence that beginning in nineteen forty nine senator humphrey has consistently supported legislation favorable to the dairy industry b background This committee has investigated the relationship between the milk producer contributions to the President's campaign and the milk support price increase announced on March 25, 1971. The question at issue is whether or not the increase was granted in return for, or in anticipation of, contributions. The thrust of the Milk Fund investigation conducted by the select committee has been predicated on the thesis that contributions by dairy producers' trusts, tape, C-tape, space and adept were made to induce a more favorable decision by the executive branch of government in respect to the level of governmental support for the price of milk or that such contributions were in fulfillment of a commitment that they would be given in return for a more favorable decision it was on march twelfth nineteen seventy one that the secretary of agriculture announced that the price of milk for the nineteen seventy one nineteen seventy two marketing year would be supported by the federal government at approximately eighty per cent of parity in the ensuing weeks many congressmen and senators sponsored legislation which would have forced the president to raise price supports to a minimum of eighty five per cent and even ninety per cent of parity support for this mandatory legislation was predominantly democratic one hundred and twenty five members of congress and twenty nine senators introduced or co-sponsored such legislation the President met with representatives of the dairy industry on March twenty-third, listened to the merits of their case, and on March twenty-fifth, the Secretary of Agriculture announced an increase of support to 85% of parity. A white paper, issued by the White House on January eighth, 1974, argued that intense congressional pressure, in addition to the economic merits and political considerations, was a factor in the President's decision. Senator Humphrey admittedly was a strong advocate of a price support increase in 1971 and introduced legislation to set the minimum level at 85% of parity. During 1971 and 1972, Senator Humphrey was first an unannounced and later an announced presidential candidate, and the dairy producers, as they had traditionally done, provided substantial support to his presidential campaign. C. Senator Humphrey's action in March 1971. Senator Humphrey, a Democratic candidate for president in 1971-1972, was one of the legislators who supported the dairyman's position. On March 4, 1971, Senator Humphrey made a speech on the floor of the Senate declaring himself in favor of a 90 percent level of support. He said he contacted the Secretary of Agriculture on this. He reiterated his position on March 9th and 10th, and said he was again appealing to the Secretary of Agriculture. S. 1294, which would have mandatorily raised the support for the price of milk to 85% of parity, was introduced by Senator Humphrey on March 19th, 1971. George Marin, then consultant to AMPI, met with congressmen and senators, including Humphrey, to discuss the need for a price increase. According to Marin, the object was to put pressure on the administration. Senator Humphrey met with David Parr, assistant to the general manager of Ampi on February 23, 1971. Although Senator Humphrey's office provided copies of certain daily schedules for the senator, a committee request of April 17, 1974, for other documents relating to this section has not been honored. D. Contributions by Dairy Trust to Senator Humphrey. Senator Humphrey was given $17,225 by Dairy Trust in 1971 and 1972. This consisted of $5,125 in 1971 and $12,100 in 1972. $12,500 of these amounts was given by Tape and C-Tape, adjuncts of Ampi in addition the humphrey campaign in 1971 received twenty five thousand dollars in corporate contributions from associated milk producers incorporated by payment of bills of valentine sherman and associates as detailed in another section of this report in all then senator humphrey's campaign received over forty thousand dollars from dairy cooperatives in 1971 and 1972 Three. Large Individual Contributions to the Humphrey Campaign Before April 7, 1972 A. Summary Until April 7, 1972, it was illegal under federal law for anyone, with certain possible exceptions discussed below, to give more than $5,000 in any calendar year to a presidential candidate, or to any national-level campaign committees operating in his behalf more than one-half million dollars was contributed to the humphrey presidential campaign in nineteen seventy one and in nineteen seventy two up to april seventh in the form of individual donations in excess of five thousand dollars these donations were not subdivided among multiple committees The evidence shows that three types of entities operated as pre-April 7, 1972 campaign committees in the Humphrey Presidential Campaign for the receipt of individual campaign contributions in excess of $5,000. These three types of entities were 1. A partnership. Jackson and Company, a limited partnership, received four individual contributions of stock, each of which was $86,000 or more, and sold the stock, distributing the proceeds to backers for Humphrey, a presidential committee. 2. Formal Humphrey Campaign Committees Backers for Humphrey, the principal pre-April 7, 1972 Humphrey Presidential Campaign Committee, received a number of individual contributions of money in excess of $5,000 each. Backers for Humphrey was also the recipient of the proceeds from the four sales of stock by Jackson and Company, which alone exceeded $360,000. In addition, other Humphrey campaign committees operating on behalf of his presidential campaign received contributions in excess of $5,000, including Volunteers for Humphrey and Humphrey for Senator Committee, which were used in 1971 and early 1972 for Humphrey's presidential campaign. 3 a trust account a trust account maintained by the incorporated law firm of humphrey's campaign manager jack chestnut received a contribution in excess of five thousand dollars a purported personal loan of one hundred thousand dollars from paul thatcher treasurer of backers for humphrey aside from thatcher the major sources of the donated funds discussed above were a group of three individuals, including Duane Andres, a Minnesota businessman, and a blind trust operated for the benefit of Senator Humphrey by its trustee, Andres. Months of delay were encountered in obtaining production of records from Minneapolis banks. Humphrey campaign financial records predating April 7th were destroyed by Chestnut and chestnut has invoked the fifth amendment privilege against self-incrimination when subpoenaed to testify under oath under circumstances described in section one above senator humphrey declined a request to be interviewed a request for documents from his office has not been fully met b introduction until april seventh nineteen seventy two It was a felonious violation of federal law for any person to make a political contribution in excess of $5,000 during any calendar year to a presidential candidate or to any national campaign committees operating on his behalf. 18 U.S.C. 608. This law, which is not known to have been the basis for any criminal prosecution, was repealed by Section 203 of the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971 public law ninety two two twenty five however its applicability before april seventh nineteen seventy two during nineteen seventy one and the early months of nineteen seventy two was one reason why some of the presidential candidates engaged in the practice of constituting multiple committees by having a host of such committees available for the receipt of contributions a wealthy donor could divide a large contribution into five thousand dollar increments to each of such committees and thus avoid the applicability of Section 608. Another consideration, of course, was the gift tax law, which requires the payment of a tax on any donation to a political committee in excess of $3,000. Because of the joint applicability of Section 608 and the gift tax law, donors customarily subdivided their contributions into $2,500 allotments, together with a two dollars donation from a spouse. c. Background. The presidential campaign of Senator George McGovern and the finance committee to re-elect the president, each eventually constituted hundreds of committees to circumvent the provisions of these laws. Indeed, it was Section 608 which initially caused such intense concern and difficulty for the committee to re-elect the president, CRP, and the Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, (AMP) in managing the dairy producers' contributions to CRP. The $100,000 which Ampey gave to Herbert Kalmbach in 1969, apparently for the benefit of the president's reelection, was belatedly recognized as being in violation of Section 608. Because of a desire for secrecy, the officials of Ampey contrived an elaborate system of repaying the $100,000, which had been taken from their political action trust. An official of Ampey made a personal bank loan to repay the sum, then repay the loan with funds he had obtained from AMPE attorneys and consultants, who appear to have obtained reimbursement by increasing their billings to AMPE. Still later, the Ampi Political Action Trusts, TAPE and CTAPE, were confronted with the need for a greater number of committees functioning on behalf of the re-election effort for President Nixon, and the reelection campaign officials encountered many difficulties in constituting enough committees to receive subdivided contributions. The Humphrey campaign officials did not make the effort to create numerous committees. An examination of bank records has revealed evidence and led to other documentary disclosures which show that several donors to the Humphrey presidential campaign made very large contributions to but one campaign entity. Seemingly, one, in disregard of the strictures of Section 608, two, in ignorance of Section 608, or three, with some understanding that their contribution consisted an exception well over one half million dollars was infused into the humphrey campaign shortly before april seventh nineteen seventy two in the form of individual contributions in excess of five thousand dollars senator humphrey also utilized assets from a blind trust which he had created in 1965, to provide two separate sums of $23,000 and about $86,000 of his own money to his own campaign in January and February of 1972. As of April 7, 1972, it became unlawful for a presidential candidate to use personal funds in excess of $50,000. Prior to that time, the only limitation on contributions was found in Section 608, There have been no prosecutions under this section with respect to a candidate's contributions or to expenditures for his own campaign, and the committee knows of no construction of the section applying it to a candidate's use of his own funds. D. The Humphrey Presidential Campaign Takes Form Humphrey Volunteer Committee Friends of Humphrey Committee A formal announcement of presidential candidacy was not made by Senator Humphrey until January 10, 1972, Activity in contemplation of a presidential campaign had begun by Senator Humphrey and by others on his behalf in 1971, and his interest in the presidency was widely reported. For example, in the fall of 1971, a selected number of persons were invited to meet in Minneapolis with Senator Humphrey and his top campaign personnel. At this function, many of these individuals committed themselves to a certain level of contribution to the senator in the event he announced his candidacy officials of ampi stated at that time their organization would be committed to the extent of fifty thousand dollars during nineteen seventy one some bank accounts were opened in minnesota by the humphrey campaign organization and although they did not bear a title to readily reflect their relationship to a presidential campaign humphrey volunteer committee friends of humphrey committee checks were drawn on these accounts to pay presidential campaign expenses These accounts were closed just prior to April 7, 1972. E. Humphrey for Senator Committee. Continued Use. The Humphrey for Senator Committee, which had been utilized for Senator Humphrey's senatorial campaign in 1970, was continued as an active account by the Humphrey organization into 1972. It was used to pay presidential campaign expenses, fifty thousand dollars was deposited to it as late as february twenty eighth nineteen seventy two and it was closed on april tenth nineteen seventy two three days after the effective date of the federal election campaign act of nineteen seventy one s harrison de a financial backer of senator humphrey wrote three checks which were deposited to the committee's account in the total amount of eighty five thousand dollars ten thousand on may twenty first nineteen seventy one $25,000 25000 on July 26, 1971, and $50,000 on February 28, 1972, although the July 26 check was payable to volunteers for Humphrey. End of section two.